9.30 or 11 o'clock a.m. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Amen. Will you guys welcome the students and Jacob up? Amen. Come on, guys. Hello. Check. Check. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you, church. You guys are amazing. Can I just first say thank you for the radical love and generosity you guys blow our minds with, uh, like not just on Youth Sunday. Like that is pretty amazing things that we do year-round because of you guys. You guys are pretty amazing. So can we, there's only like four of us in the room now. We're just going to give you the mightiest clap up we can do. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Thank you, moms. They'll tell you their name, their school, and uh, is that right? Their name, their school, and their age. Yeah. Michael, I'm 17, and I go to Eisenhower High School. I just want to talk to you guys for a second about what Jacob texts me. I was in the mall with my friends, and he texts me. He's like, hey, do you want to go to the uh, high school retreat? And I look at it for a second, and I was like, not really. And I, but I said yes. I was like, yeah. And before I even got the chance, he's like, also, if you're going, you have to come on Wednesdays. I was like, okay. So we get to the first Wednesday, and I'm sitting in the car. I was like, it's just like two hours. You're going you're gonna to be fine. And I walk in there, and immediately it's like I had never left. Because I, I used to go, and I just kind of like stopped for a long time there. And it was just like I never left. And we get into worship, and there was a new leader, and his name's Ronnie. And he just like walks up behind me, like mid-worship. He's like, hi, I'm Ronnie. And I turn around, and he's like, scared me. And I like shake his hand, and he's like, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're here. And he just walks away. But it's just really beautiful, and everybody's so welcoming. So that's just, yeah, that's what RSM is to me. Uh, my name is Caleb Lowry. I am uh, 17, and I also go to Eisenhower High School. Um, I've grew up in youth group since as soon as we could go, sixth grade. My dad was a youth pastor before Jacob. He spoke into him, and so I've always been around it even before I could go. It's just always this great place. Loved Wednesdays, loved being with the people. But really, like, it all started, like, really seeing encounters in sixth grade, seventh grade, like, seeing the encounters of the love of Jesus Christ. Because, I mean, we all have, like, the innocence of the, oh, Jesus is the greatest. Jesus is the biggest person ever. Jesus can do this. Jesus can do this. He's the best superhero. And that's amazing. I love the childhood. Just Jesus is amazing. But I've really never encountered him, like, working on my life until I got into youth group and got to go on some of these trips and just dig into them. And Jacob and my dad both, they just completely just dug into my heart, and they've just built up a foundation on the things he's blessed me in to just completely just put all of my worth towards him. Everything I do is for him, whether it's up here just drumming for him or just playing a sport or just speaking like this, that they've just truly just spoken to me and just made it something I love to do and not an obligation. There's no obligation to get into my Bible. There's no obligation to get in the Word, but I want to. They've just made that indoctrinated into me that's just so good, and it just completely became the love and purpose of my life. Uh, I'm Landon. I'm 14, and I go to uh, Goddard High School. Um, so I grew up in the church, and uh, so they don't have to go. And it was something like, you know how whenever you're like kids fake sick, uh, so they don't have to go to school? I'd fake sick, so I didn't have to go to church. That's just, it's, and then whenever I went, it's just kind of like checking a box, and that, that was just how it was for me. Well, I ended up uh, coming here with the team, and I told my mom, I'm like, you know what, I really don't want to do this. I know I'm going to have to talk a sweat, like... <laughs> That's really just what started it. So I started doing that, and I got into the youth group, and like three weeks in, I was already like felt a life change, and it just completely changed me and I my life. 
And then we went to Bold, and it just opened my eyes again, and just over and over opened your eyes to new things almost every week. So. Hi, uh, I'm Nate. I'm 17. I go to Eisenhower High School, and just hold myself more accountable, and that really, and they've really challenged me to be more bold and just hold myself more accountable, and that really changed my life. I mean, like, it just helped me to not live a sinful life, and then this last winter retreat, it really exclamated that. It just changed my life. I mean, it it challenged me so much in my ways that I just, it it made me cry sometimes. Like, it was crazy, and I just, I just want to thank all the leaders for that, Jacob, and all the pastors and adult leaders. They really have changed my life, I just want to thank them for that. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, fellas. You guys can take your seats. Good job. These four, like, we've got like a hundred more like them. Isn't that crazy? Um, just really amazing what the Lord is unlocking and doing in the hearts of teenagers. Uh, I want to, well, actually, before I begin, if you help me on Wednesday nights and you're an adult, can you stand in the room? We've got one, two, three, four, five. Guys, come on. Best team ever. Seriously, thank you guys. Seriously, they love your kids so much. And they are here every week. And, and, they, and they even, like, this blows me away. They ask off work to come on, like, camps and retreats and stuff when they know they're not going to sleep. And when they know they're going to serve like, like crazy. When they know they're going to be exhausted. And they willingly do so because of how much they love your teenagers. So if you see any of those that stand, give them a huge hug, high five. Just tell them thank you some point today. All right, because they are the best team I could ever ask for. People often are like, "How is what? What's happening? How is it happening? How is it this good?" Um, it's like, well, the Lord is good, and He's bringing the best people for His work, right? And so, yeah, Amen. We have been in the series Aaron's been leading us through uh, called "On Purpose," and I actually want to finish it off today um, with talking about disciple making. And just in light of, you know, my job as teenagers and hanging out with them, uh, being a youth pastor, sure, it's my title, but I want to say to each of you, you are the most influential, most significant youth pastor in the life of your student. You are. Because they live with you. They live at your house, right? Some of you are like grandchildren or, or, or grandparents or aunts and uncles, but like there's still Students, there's still kids in your life. Some of you are teachers. Those are your students that you're with every day, right? And I just need you to hear this, and, and maybe you just need to write this down. Like, you are the most influential youth pastor in the life of your student. Maybe three times a week for a couple hours, you have time at their lowest moment, right? And you, like, you, it's just this incredible, this is the way the Lord has taught me to see this, Right? The honor and privilege, the beautiful honor. I have two kids, a third one on the way, that were of disciple-making. And so just in light of, like, you guys know I have two kids, a third one on the way, that we're expecting in about 15 days. Yeah. It's like an Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. 
But I've learned several things just like in conjoining like youth ministry, hanging out with teenagers, and then hanging out with toddlers. And I love it both. I love both of them. But there's some things I'm learning, and I kind of want to just pass down or carry on or spill over onto you guys. But before I do, I just want to tell a quick story of hanging out with my son. A couple weekends ago, Jordan had, our, had her baby shower. Is it, it's our baby shower because it's our baby. She had a baby shower two weekends ago where she and the girls went and had been playing with his dinosaurs in his room. It was just Emerson and I. And the day before, a day or two before, we had been playing with his dinosaurs in his room. And like, I had this thought, like, oh my goodness, well, some dinosaur skeletons. And so we just, as we're playing with the dinosaurs, begin to talk, hey, there's a place, there's a dinosaur museum. Do you want me to take you? And of course, in the moment, he was like, let's go right now, dad. But it was like 8 p.m. And so, oh, and as soon as they're open. And so sure enough, Saturday morning comes around and Jordan, he wakes up to Jordan and the first thing he tells her is, me and daddy are going to the dinosaur museum today. And so it's just so much joy, so much, Nate, can you put those on the screen? This is around, we get dressed, and it's just him and I. And I have some pictures, Nate, can you put those on the screen? This is his face, or I guess it's not his face, but when he saw those dinosaur skeletons, like you should have seen it. It looks terrifying. (laughs) And he didn't really want to get much closer there. If you've ever been there, they have kind of like these feet prints in the in the carpet, so he's standing in one of those dinosaur footprints looking up at the dinosaurs, and then I have another picture there. Um, Yeah, we got that cool jet, and it was just the two of us, but it was just such a special morning that him and I got to have together, just father and son hanging out and doing what he loves to do, and and like, you've had moments like this, right? Um, And like, you can't put a price on a moment like that. But uh, we're sitting at home, we go home and we're having lunch and he's just looking at me like, and just smiling. And it's kind of this silly, but so much, it's just one of the most incredible, beautiful smiles. And we just have this moment of looking at each other like, I love you so much. Like, and he's three years old, but he's like one of my best friends in the world. And I just, in that moment, the Lord was like, it is such a privilege. Isn't this so beautiful? You get to father somebody one of my own, like I formed and fashioned this kid in Jordan's womb, like he was my idea, not your idea, and I put him in your life to raise him, and it was just like this profound privilege just came upon me, like I want to do a really good job, like thank you Jesus for my son and for my daughter Lily and for this one on the way, and so First of all, when you hear me say that you are the most, like, significant youth pastor in the life of your kid, it's true. Or in the life of your, if you're a teacher and you see students, it's true. And I want and I hope and pray that you see this as a privilege of, like, what I get to do. And I know it's tough sometimes. But you're tough sometimes. I'm tough sometimes, right? But it is still, like, children are a blessing from the Lord. They are. And so, in light of all of that, I want to give you these seven holy principles, as I want to call them, on like a youth pastor training. Is that okay? Okay, so the first one, number one, is to love them sincerely and to even love them without caution. If we look at Jesus in the chapter, in, in the book of John, chapter 15, he says, 15 verse 2, 
And he actually says this in another place as well, 13, 34. But 15, verse 12, sorry, Jesus says, My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. He set the standard for our life, right? He said, love each other as I have loved you. I recently just heard this song from an artist that I really enjoy. The artist's name is Judah, and he has a new song out. It's called Irresponsible. I love music, so I'm just, this was so cool when I heard this song. And it's kind of talking, I mean, it is talking about, the, like, you could say the way in which God loves you and me is completely irresponsible. And that he's, like, not in it, like, it says it perfectly in this lyric. It says, you would love, your love for me put you to death. And that is so irresponsible. Like, he loved you and me without caution that it ended up costing his entire life. And he didn't just die, but he was humiliated for you and me. All in the hope that we might choose him. You can look at that, and, and, and unfortunately, the rest of the world does look at that and say, that's ridiculous. But then he goes on, and, but like, verse, verse 12, chapter 15, love each other as I have loved you. And I've learned this, I've been doing this for like two and a half, three years now, youth ministry. Teenagers, they really can, like, they are so hungry for real love, but they really can sense fake. They really can but there's still ways in which they're pulled. Oh, if you, they are. You see the ways in which they're pulled. Oh, if you just give yourself to this, you'll find satisfaction and happiness here. No, it's really all over here. If you would just let us take you on this journey or whatever, but, and it's not Jesus, like, they, you, they know it's fake. It's just this deception, like this willingness to be deceived. But we have to love in such a way that's genuine and authentic because they will test your, your love. You know, you're like, yeah, I know I got teenagers. They test me every day, right? So our love has to be sincere, has to be genuine. And even to the point of going without caution, the second point I would say is to pray fervently for your teenager, for your student, for whoever like you can think of as I give this message of like, you are, hear me now, you are discipling somebody. Whether you have an actual teenager in your life or maybe there's a younger man or a younger woman that you do life with, like nobody's exempt from disciple making, nobody. So there are many times that gatherings on Wednesday nights or if we go away on a weekend thing or an event or I have a meeting and I leave the meeting and I think, oh, man, that did not go as I hoped. Like, I, I could have been so much better here, 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 here. We could have done things differently here, 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 here. Like, that was just, and Jesus is saying, why don't you just pray and just trust me? Like, when I feel like I'm failing as a youth pastor, he says, you're not failing as long as you continue to pray for this generation as long as you continue to, to pray for these kids. And what I'm learning is that so much surrender happens when we pray, right? You have to surrender when you pray. Jesus, I am depending on you for Caleb Lowry. Please help that kid know you. Like, I can shine you. I can love you before him. But like, I can't change his heart. You, only you can, Jesus. And so, Let's, let's just go to the scripture. Romans 12, verses 11 and 12. 
actually, I'm going to start at nine again because it does really piggyback off of what I just said about loving in a genuine way. Verse nine says, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil and cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love and honor one another above yourself. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor in serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. Amen. Amen. Faithful in prayer. I'm so grateful my mom and dad did not stop praying for me and my siblings. Keep praying for whoever it is in your heart right now. Keep praying, asking Jesus to, for, some, like for him to move on behalf of their life. Let's go to Philippians chapter 4, Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And I love verse 7. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. Everyone say, all understanding. All understanding. Will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's awesome. You've got a worry, you've got an anxious thought, submit it to the Lord. Thank him for being good. He has never failed you. And his 627, this in your mind. One more, Matthew 6, Matthew 627. This is Jesus in a very candid way, just, I love it. Can any one of you by word, can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? Can you? No. It's really funny to me how we think like we control the moment we stop breathing and when we start. It's like it's so beyond our control. And Jesus said, don't worry about your life, right? Don't worry. Like sometimes parents come to me and they're freaked out about their teenager. And I, and I get it. You love your baby. But they haven't even like prayed. Jesus, will you... Like, I'm depending on you for so-and-so, whatever, right? And you can work yourself up in worry and anxiousness, but really, at the end of the day, does that do anything for you or your teenager? Absolutely nothing. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? But if you pray, and if you hand over all that anxiousness, get up, and his peace, like, guys, this is a promise. When you pray this, receive this as a promise, the peace of God will rule in my heart. My heart will be guarded in Jesus. Number three, love the word and love to give the word. All right? This would be profound and crazy impactful if our teenagers caught us like stealing away to consume the word. Right? So I, I'm wearing the shirt of the retreat that we just went on, but this guy came and he spoke and... Uh, you guys know how in the Bible it talks about how Jesus is the word, right? John 1, in the beginning was the word, and the word became flesh. Did you know every time you open your Bible, it's not like you're just reading about Jesus, but you're like reading him. This is crazy. So this guy began to speak and teach on the Saturday morning of the retreat, and he had just been talking about how, you know, he was all about basketball, and then one day the Lord, like, he heard somebody say something like, there's no one on earth that's my best friend. The Holy Spirit's my best friend. 
And he was so struck by that. And he just began to be like, what is that? Like, okay, I want to know if it's real. And he just began to like very diligently seek the Lord out. And the Lord met him. Like it didn't happen immediately. He'll tell you the story. It was like a 14-day thing where he just would wake up early and pray and ask God to show himself and reveal himself. And he said the Lord then on the 14th day put a hunger in his heart to consume the living word of God as the bread of life that it is. And he just began then to rattle off the scripture without even like opening the, the thing. He just knew it. It was all these things had been written in his heart that like he had consumed that was just now coming out of him. He loved the word. And do you know what? I'm sitting on the front row burning because it was like Jesus was manifesting himself in the room as this guy was just unlocking the scriptures to us. There was no, like, we've all felt that incredible feeling during a worship set where the band is doing really good and it's like a hype moment and you're like, oh, the Holy Spirit's in the room. This was like just Jesse just teaching about the word of God and it was just coming out of him and I'm sitting in the front row just weeping. <laughs> like, Jesus, you're in this room right now. These are the promises of God and they're for my life and they're for these teenagers. Come, like, unlock our hearts to receive this kind of understanding. There's something so Love to give the word. There's something so beautiful when you, because like when you do, you, rec you learn to recognize his voice and to love his leadership. And it's not even for the sake of theology. It's for the sake of knowing him. Like that's crazy. Good theology is important. It's, it's, it's good. Knowing him is better. You'll argue about your theology. No one can argue with you if you know the Lord. <laughs> and then when trials come and when tests come, when a tragedy comes, the word comes out of you. You don't respond in a way that, the, that is worldly, that freaks out, but you can respond with the word, Right? Fourth principle, make space to be with them and to seek the Lord together. There are, like, again, there are many meetings. There are many events that we do. I feel like, man, Jesus, it didn't go quite how I was hoping. I don't know if that was good. He made the space for kindly, and he will say, Jacob, but you made the space for them to come in and meet with me. Why don't you just trust me to do the rest of the work? Why don't you just trust me? Making the space... I'm, and then, you know what, he'll even go further and say, I'm so proud of you. Thank you for making the space for them to come in, to welcome them in on a Wednesday night. Thank you for being intentional to not just be like, let's sit around and eat pizza. Let's grow in our understanding. And it's like, he is so honored by that. It's crazy. I mean, that's what he wants, right? But just, the, if we would make the space our day-to-day -day life, again, you are the most ever it is that you are discipling. It's not disciple maker in the life of whoever it is that you are discipling. It's not, it does not, at the end of the day, all come down to actual pastors. You know what I'm saying? But you who walk with him, do life with him every single day. And I will tell you that everyone wants discipleship to happen organically, Kind of almost like this thing of like, well, we just kind of fell into it. Well, I'm telling you this. Discipleship, discipleship can happen organically, but it's not going to just sort of happen. 
right? It's not just going to sort of happen. It can be organic and it can be natural, but it requires our intentionality, right? Jesus, you think, you look at Jesus, and he's with walking, doing life with these guys, and he's unlocking the kingdom, and he's telling them these profound mysteries that they're like scratching their heads about, and he's making the most. He's redeeming all his time. Like, he spent three years with these guys, and he's just, it's, it's heaven, kingdom. This is my father. Here, who do you say I am? It's these intentional moments, right, that he had with the guys. Let's look at Romans again. Romans 10. Verses 14 and 15. <coughs> How then can they call on the one that they have not believed in? And how then can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? Just think about how you spend time with your teenager. How you spend time with people. And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? You know, it's really silly to me that we have this expectation for our kids to grow up godly when we ourselves are not willing to put in the time to invest godly things into them. How can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. Verse 17, we'll jump down. Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message. And the message is heard through the word about Christ. You see how all these things feed into each other. If you love the word, then you will love to give it. And you will love to make the space to bring it about, right? Five... Enjoy them, enjoy them. I, my job is amazing. We get to do awesome things with your students. And, uh, and, we, and we, we go after Jesus together. We go after the presence of the Lord. We also do the things that they like to do. Sometimes that means going paintball. Sometimes that means, like I say that like I'm suffering in that, but like, <clears throat> I love it. Seriously though, spending time, getting to know these people, enjoying the things that they enjoy. Like, it is so fun. And it also, like, I keep saying this word unlock, but that's what I want the Holy Spirit to do. Unlock us. Like, it unlocks opportunity for discipleship to happen. Right? I, my, my greatest joy is seeing these kids encounter the Lord and lead. But what's up there with that is hitting them with paintball guns and throwing them off of tubes in the lake. Like, that's so fun. <laughs> Enjoy them. Make it clear to your teenager that you like them, you love them. Make it clear to them that you like them. Do the things that they like. It's me on the floor with my son, Emerson, playing with dinosaurs. Getting on their level. Hey, what's going on with you? I love you. Like, what, you want to do something together? Let's do something. Number six, be an influence of heaven. 1 Corinthians 11, 1. Paul, he pleads here and he says, follow me, see, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Everywhere Paul went after he met Jesus, he brought the heaven, didn't he? And you could read that sentence and you could think, wow, what an arrogant man of God. 
Who is he to say that he has the, the, the Jesus way down? He had everything, and then he gave it all up to follow Jesus. And there was no reserve, and it ultimately did cost him everything, right? And he's pleading here with this church, follow my example as I follow Christ. And I think you are pleading in your hearts over your teenager, if, like, follow my example as I follow Christ. I know that's my plea in my heart towards my kids. Like, I don't want them to grow up ungodly. I want, and, and, when I, and I, when I lay them down, when we lay them down to sleep at night and we pray over them, one of the things, thank you for my son, for my daughter. Lord, I, Father, thank you for my son, for my daughter. Lord, I ask that you would help me be a clear and good representation of the Father in heaven. Because I, I want to represent you. You are the best parent. And you have loved me and such. Help me love my kid. Help me demonstrate to them who you are, Father. And how I live and the things I say and what I do. And the things that I'm a part of and in the things. Because, you know, like I don't have to tell you, teenagers are highly influential people. Right? You, they, they're, we're all on the internet, but they're all on the internet. They're going with the latest trend. They're doing this. They're not doing that. Things are changing constantly. Have you ever looked at your teenager and just been like, what are you? I see some of their things. I'm like, I don't get, like the whole, like, I'm not so far removed, but like I see some of their things. I'm like, I don't get, like the whole short shorts things. The guys, I don't get it. I'm just saying. Got to show off the quad muscles, whatever. Look how hot that quad is. <laughs> These boys know who they are. But these are the trends. These are the, this is how easy it is for them to be influenced by these things. It's weird. I don't get it. Be apathetic about that. Just be like, wow. It's weird. I don't get it. Refuse to understand. Or we could come with heaven's perspective and love you with everything that he is so that we could know him, like Holy Spirit would indwell you crazy. You think about the high honor and the privilege that we get to carry. The Holy Spirit would indwell you and me. That's nuts. It would move us in how we live our life. And, and I feel like, fortunately, the world looks at church and this religious institution and they say, you were brainwashed from the, and I'm telling you, See it that way if you want, but you don't know Jesus because he's, he is the way, the truth, and the life. And you will never know if you want, but I know the one in whom I follow, right? And they'll see influence of heaven. Model a genuine faith, and they'll seek one out for themselves. I've told you this before, but like you can add to them, you can tell them to do all the right things. Follow God because it's good, blah, 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 blah. You read your Bible because it's good. But you, will imit- but you will multiply in people who you are. If you catch your, if your kid walking in holiness, like when, when you thought nobody was looking, you will multiply in them heaven. Do you see the great and divine privilege that we get to have? You, all you youth pastors in the room, 
and five, 10. Matthew 10, verse 1. And we're almost done. This is so wild right here. You picture this moment. Jesus called his 12 disciples about impure spirits, and he gave them the authority to drive out impure spirits and heal every disease and sickness. This is like not at the end of Jesus's blow their mind for, for like, what, what was it, a year at this point? And he's in says, now you're gonna go do it. And they're like, I don't fully comprehend what you're doing. Like, I just, you're amazing. But you're sending me to go do these amazing things? Like, and you don't, we don't read anything here of how the apostles are like, I don't think I would do a good job. I don't. But he sends them out. You read the account of Luke and he breathes on them and imparts the spirit on them that they can go with the authority of heaven and bring heaven wherever they go. You could think like Jesus, like he's so not a control freak. This is the scripture right here that proves he's not a control freak. He gave these guys authority and power to like license to unlock heaven wherever they went. And it wasn't about their ability of doing like how well they had done up to that point. He believed in them. Gave them a divine opportunity. I just think it's awesome. You know, I want to be a guy who looks at the next generation, these teenagers, and I don't want to be afraid to empower them to take on the world because I want them to know that he that's in them is greater than he in the world and that they can walk by the Spirit and that they can love his leadership. I believe with my whole heart and I prophesy over them every week, you will love Jesus more 10 years from now than you do this night, this day. And I have the audacity to actually really believe that. They're awesome. So, just recapping these things. All of you youth pastors, you disciple makers, Love must be sincere. Love without caution. Pray fervently over those that you are leading. Love the word and love to give the word. Make space to be with him and to seek the Lord together and to enjoy each other. Enjoy them. Be an influence of heaven wherever you go in word and in, in, in deed like and to believe in them will you stand with me I want to pray over you and we'll bless you and, uh, and send you on your way please come back and party with us at the chili cook-off it's an awesome time Jesus I thank you so much for everyone in the room God and I ask that right now there would be a rushing of your Holy Spirit over their heart Jesus that they would have a hunger beautiful to their teenager that like their life to live in such a way that is beautiful to you and it's beautiful to their teenager that like their life would be worth imitating God I ask for sincere love I ask for just praying fervently a, a, a zeal to pray 
just for love for your word to grow, that they would crave it in Jesus' name. Father, you would show them ways and opportunities in which that they could make space to be intentional and enjoy their kids. And Father, you would empower them to be the influence of heaven. And Jesus, you would release them from being control freaks and they would believe in this generation. In Jesus' name I ask these things. Amen. Thanks for tuning in today. To find out how to get more involved, go to reliancecommunity.org. Have a great week.